And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with a different iteration of Danny Ratliff. It's John Penn. Good morning, everybody. You know what song I listened to on the way in this morning for you? What's that? Big Bad John. Big Bad John. By Jimmy Dean. Big John. (laughs) We all have our Fantastic Four shirts on today. Well, on YouTube. I like the new shirt. I feel like we're on a starship. Right? Very kind of SpaceX-like. That's what I'm saying is, yeah, I feel like we're on the... We're on a ship. Not a sh- a ship. A ship. Not ship. With a P. With a P. Yeah. With a P. Well, speaking of P, no. Speaking of Johnson & Johnson, which is the big news this morning, uh, we have Dow Futures up. Johnson & Johnson is going to sp- split into two companies. I actually think this is a good idea, John, because what's going to happen is they'll have their separate consumer health business. Listen, I need my baby shampoo and enema, and then I go to aisle four. But then I have the uh, obviously the prescription drug and uh, and pharmaceutical component medical device operations. So uh, they may have gotten the cue from GE, uh, but obviously uh, this seems like this is uh, showing a little bit of spark for a very old business. So that's leading to 112 out of the 112 points, J&J is significantly adding to that mm-hmm. this morning. So we'll see. We're, uh, we're up across the board. Um, as Lance said, it's going to be a little bit rocky here through the end of November, first part of, G- of December. We have mutual funds. You're going to get some, uh, I have a feeling if you own mutual funds and they're not in an IRA, you're going to get a bit of tax sticker shock. When right. you see the payouts, right? And this is the time of year when re, uh, mutual fund managers are you know, harvesting losses or rebalancing portfolios, mm-hmm. and that's going to create some gains, and they're going to have to distribute that to, to shareholders. So you're right. This is that time of year where you should expect to see that you know, sometime here over the next couple of weeks. That's why sometimes it's important. It's not the most important, but I will tell you, if you want to reduce tax drag in your overall portfolio— um, even though costs of mutual funds are higher. Now, they have come down over the years. You're better off holding them in a tax-sheltered account, right? So at least when all this payout occurs, you're not going to owe taxes on it or in your Roth. So when you see those payouts, this may happen in some of your funds in your retirement plan. Right. Uh, that's a good place for mutual funds. Um, obviously, they make or they have tax-efficient funds, but they're nowhere near as tax efficient uh, as ETFs and individual stocks. So NASDAQ futures up 45 points, S&P up 11. So it looks like it's going to be a strong morning. Then we have, uh, we have jolts coming out. We have University of Michigan sentiment. Uh, November preliminary is 72.5. You know, I'm wondering, uh, obviously inflation is going to play a part in putting a little bit of a, you know, a crimp in some of these numbers because obviously that hits everybody's household and 
Nobody's happy about it. <laughs> well, they're not, and it's what's amazing is so. Um, you know, we we have we have two children, two daughters, mm-hmm. and uh, our youngest is nineteen. She's a freshman in college, and our oldest is a junior in college. She's twenty one, and she's she's up in Dallas. But what's amazing is, you know, our youngest daughter came home and said, "Dad." I cannot believe how much it cost me to fill up my car with gas today. I mean, e- even she is noticing the increase even at the pump. Mm-hmm. And then our oldest daughter, like I said, who was in Dallas, she was recently in Houston, and we were driving around, and she said, wow, Dad, you know, gas prices here are actually higher than where they are where, where I live. And so even at 21, she's starting to starting to take note of the difference in gasoline prices from one area to the next. I wanted to look at her and go, how old are you? Fifty-two? What? How old are you? But she's twenty-one years old, and she's already, you know, starting to take this all into account. So you're right. You know, inflation's hitting, is is hitting all of us, and we're and we're just it's you know it's it's more prevalent. It is for people that have lived through it. It's giving them shades of uh, memories of the seventies. That's right. Uh, but again, I I still think this is different. Um, I don't see it as some of the inflation of the 70s because we didn't have a global market, right? You just have too many dollars chasing too few goods, which is why you need to be concerned if there's more fiscal stimulus, right? Because that directly goes out Mm -hmm. into the system. I remember talking to Lance in 2008-9, and we were talking about monetary stimulus, and it's not really an, an inflation issue with monetary stimulus, but fiscal stimulus is. And Larry Summers... Uh, came out last year in an article with the Financial Times saying, well, you know, all these programs, we're going to see all this inflation. And he got reamed for it, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's making the, he's making the circuit because he was right. I mean, once you put money in people's pockets, they spend it. Now, if I don't have enough goods to fulfill uh, those needs, this is what we're going to get. We also know that some of the inflation is not going away. Right. Right. If I go ahead, if I'm Kimberly Clark, J and J, Unilever, I raise prices. I'm not. I'm not going to go in and lower prices. Right. Right. Mondelez makes Oreos. All this wonderful, happy stuff that makes you happy. I love Oreo cookies. Okay. Just putting that out. But there. Mondelez, yeah. you know, they went and had a seven percent increase in price. Now, I don't think Mondelez is going to lower. Prices, but they're going to shrink your Oreos, John. Oh, of course. Or put a little less in the package. Well, that's that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Oreo shrinkage is going to be real. So you better watch yourself. That's a sad Uh, day. Yeah. Shrinkage as you get older. It just happens. So, um, so that inflation aspect, you got to keep in mind. And I think it was the CEO of Procter & Gamble said, you know, it's a game of pricing power, right? And that's why people are go, I don't understand, inflation's higher and the market likes it. Well, companies for the first time in a long time have the ability to raise prices and you're willing to pay for these goods, right? Well, and- so it's like a little bit of a paradise as margins can be healthy. Here's the question that we may not know when the answer to. How far can you push these price increases? And this is what the CEO of Procter & Gamble said. He goes, you know... I don't know how long we can go or how many pushes we can make in price for, say, Tide Pods, right? Sooner or later, we might have to eat some of these costs, which may be dangerous for profit margins. Yeah, but maybe by then they'll some— They'll get squeezed. They'll sure. get squeezed. So maybe about some of this will be transitory. So I still think some of the, the equity markets in the transitory camp, the bond market is moving more into some of this stuff, some of these higher prices— 
are absolutely permanent. I wrote about four weeks ago that I think energy prices for Lance's blog, for our real investment advice blog, that I think energy prices are going to remain higher for longer just because we stand in our own way, Mm -hmm. right? There's a political headwind to some of these things that we can't quantify yet, but it's going to mean higher prices for all of us. What do you think? Well, I think so too. And and to your point, you know, I think companies are going to test just how far can they go to because they're all you know trying to absorb higher costs for the for the goods that they use mm-hmm. to to manufacture their products that they distribute to all of us, and certain companies are going to be able to pass these prices on to consumers better than others. So it'll be interesting to watch how that all develops. Yeah, it is. JP says Grandma Rosso would not have liked the price increases. She would curse. <laughs> I'd have to separate myself from her in the most of the aisles at the local supermarket because oh my gosh what is going on here so but we'll be right back with more of financial fitness friday we're going to talk about hey how many folks in retirement have debt you might be shocked news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com retirement's not what it used to be and long-term care could enhance your golden years the question is not whether you can afford it but whether you can afford not to have it our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement join jonathan penn and chris liebham for the basics of long-term care register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care december 9th at noon realinvestmentadvice.com the real Investment Show. Well, thanks to all our funny YouTubers this morning. You know, JP, I think I am going to I'm going to send a email to Powell suppository inflation as opposed to transitory yep it's a real pain in the butt this inflation danny it really is now speaking of happier thoughts there is a believe it or not a strong it's called the strong probably named after mr and mrs strong national museum of play in rochester and they have their national toy hall of fame I bet you can't guess who were the finalists this year. Actually, the winners. Sand is in the Toy Hall of Fame. Sand. Sand. The game. In a sandbox. Yeah. Well, because they're looking at creativity, right? I think, like, appliance 
cardboard boxes should absolutely be, if they aren't already, in the National Museum of Play. Cabbage Patch Kids got turned down. How is that possible that they should be in there? Fisher-Price Corn Popper, these are all nominees. The game Battleship. Now, American Girl Dolls got in this year as, as a winner. The Pinata. Oh, wow, there's, there's a... I'd love to go to this museum. So this, this museum was established in 1998. Okay, I was going to say, it must have been rather new, because some of these things have been around for decades. You would think they'd already been in there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, toys that have inspired creativity. Unfortunately, I would think that the, their nominees are few and far between lately when you look at toys today compared to what we probably played as with as children, right? I mean, like you found a cardboard box, you put a couple of them, you put them together, you create like a, a Halloween house, right? I used to use shoe boxes to create forts from my G.I. Joes and, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess kids still do that, but I think cats are using the boxes more than kids are. Uh, no, I think kids still do. I mean, yeah, uh, right. well, you would know better. Yeah. So kids yeah, still it's, playing it's with sin. that stuff. Oh yeah. It's a sin to throw a cardboard box out in this household. If you do, man, you oh, start cool. getting the kids coming after you. You better watch it. Um, you know, if you really want to harass somebody though, especially if you have a child that's just walking like a friend or family member, get them that little popcorn popper, that Fisher price <laughs> yeah, one you mentioned. I know. That, that thing, thing will run around all day, all night. You're like, Oh, oh my, my God. God. You know, I can Please hear stop. it in my head from when Haley yeah. had it. Uh, and not only that, the vacuum cleaner from Fisher Price used to do the same thing. And I couldn't vacuum the house without my daughter. She'd be like, Daddy, no, let me get mine first. And so, you know, but can you hear that popper in your head? It's the thing nightmares are made of. Yeah. <laughs> Laying awake at night. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, speaking of nightmares. No, this is not a nightmare. Uh, could be if you have to pay taxes. But in the long term, it's a beautiful dream. Number three on the money tips before things you need to do before the end of the year. A surgical Roth conversion, right? We discuss this all the time in our retirement right lane class. Diversification of accounts in retirement. Why do I want to just have a pre-tax account and I can't control my taxes when I look to recreate my paycheck? I want pre-tax accounts. I want after-tax accounts. I want tax-free investment accounts, Right. So if I have multiple accounts in retirement taxed differently, it allows for this crafting uh, for a real tax-effective retirement income strategy. This magical pixie dust that gets placed on tax-deferred accounts by the financial industry uh, is, you know, I, you know, it's finally getting a bit broken as Roth is getting talked about. What do you think? Uh, I think that's exactly right. I mean, if you look at the financial industry, I think you and I have our own thoughts of why it's never been pushed. Would mm -hmm. they rather manage 100000 or 85000 <laughs> or eighty? You know, of course, they'd rather manage more. And so it's counterintuitive for the, the industry as a whole to advocate for you to go ahead and pay taxes now, especially in the environment that we're in. Look, we're, we're fortunate to have lower tax brackets at the moment that, you know, obviously that was set to expire with in 2026. However, looks like, um, it's going to be much sooner, as you know, we're seeing the back and forth right now uh, between politicians as far as, you know, raising taxes and what that may or may not look like. Now, I think that you have to be careful right now as far as what that means. I mean, we, we've talked about these Roth conversions for years, mm -hmm. and it's an extremely beneficial tool for the future. 
but that could change depending on what taxes they do you know come up with because they are getting a little bit more creative um, luckily it looks like the backdoor Roth conversion is still intact for the moment with the bills but this is a this is a great tool it doesn't feel very good because like you mentioned you're gonna have to pay taxes now but later on you're gonna have the benefit of withdrawing these funds if used properly without paying taxes and i mean that's there's something to be said for that and this is why it's great for young investors unless young investor as a young investor in your 20s you think that taxes are going to go lower in your lifetime but boy if you have just been you're able to say you're starting a, with, a, with a with a company that has a roth 401k instead of a traditional 401k i mean i think a lot of young people when i talk to them young investors you probably get the same thing danny because they've talked to other financial advisors then they come to us and they scratch their head going that's totally different advice they're not telling me to fund the hsa they're telling me to put all my money in pre-tax 401k and you're out here telling me to do roth and you know, I have to like think this over because, you know, I'm confusing them, right? So we see that eventually when you're, you're, gonna, you're not 25 anymore, you're 70 and it goes quickly. And if this money is for saving for retirement, let's get you the most tax efficient retirement unless you feel by the time you're 70 years old, taxation on Social Security, IRMA on Medicare, overall federal income tax brackets are going to go lower, which I highly doubt. So you're a young investor, you can fund a Roth contribution, you know, Roth, a Roth traditional, uh, Roth IRA, $6,000. Um, you can go ahead and maybe fully fund your Roth 401k contribution. The elective deferral limit is $19,500, catch up of $6,500 if you're 50 or older. So Considering Roth in some form, if you can't do it for this year, look at it for next year. Well, now, and, yeah, <clears throat> go ahead. Well, it's, it's important to keep in mind as well. I think many investors think that, oh, I can't fund a Roth 401k because, you know, they're so familiar with the Roth IRA rules where you have income stipulations. Right. But the Roth 401k has no income stipulation, so anyone can go out and fund that. We also always think that we're going to retire in a much lower tax bracket. And we say, oh, well, if I make $100,000 today, well, I need to have that in the future. And in fact, what we find is that we're not actually making $100,000 a day. By the time you back everything out, your benefits, the things you're paying for, those contributions that you may be making pre-tax. And so what we find is that you know, maybe it's not always created equally. So we have to change the way we think about you know, what we actually break, take home right now, what we're going to take home in the future. And then you may find that it's not, it's not all that different. And so I want, it could be very beneficial. Right, because I want more spendable dollars in retirement. I want the dollar to be a dollar. I don't want the dollar to be 70 cents, especially when I'm no right. longer a human earnings machine. Okay, I'm not making money here. I need every dollar to go as far as possible. So if I just consider the marginal tax bracket and I'm not looking at my overall marginal tax rate, Based on wait, what wait, fifty cents on the dollar for getting taxed on Social Security, eighty-five up to eighty-five cents on the dollar for Social Security. I may not be in the twelve percent bracket. I might be in the twenty-two percent bracket if I'm taking into account taxation of Social Security. But we seem to look at that in a bubble, and you can't. So it's very important for younger people to look at their HSAs. Roth 401ks. And if you're older, if you're in retirement and you have to take your required minimum distribution, fill out up to the next tax rate. Do your conversions. 
it still could pay off. Every blog out there I read from financial pundits will look at this old traditional calculation in a, in a bubble of, well, if you, you know, you got to consider the taxes, how much it's going to make. You know, your tax bracket in retirement is obviously going to be lower. They, they totally ignore the integration of Social Security and Medicare into the equation, and it doesn't work. I think the other thing is, is that the legacy planning that has changed drastically ah, over the last two years. Yeah. And so now, you know, your heirs cannot take an IRA over their lifetime, right? There used to be a life expectancy uh, distribution. Now it's within a 10 year window. So you could make the argument that, you know, when you pass, hopefully at an old age, your heirs are in their peak earnings season uh, of their life. Yeah. And so maybe it would be more beneficial for them to have that in a Roth so that they start to take the distributions out within the 10 year window. But they won't be taxed on it. It won't be penalized. Therefore, it could it could go a lot further. No, and that that's a. I mean, it is one of the most simplest of legacy planning tools. To your point, which is great, that hey, if my child's a doctor or a high income earner, and I'm going to leave her X amount of dollars, and if she had to take them out of a pre tax account over ten years, that could really mess her up, or mess him up, right? Here, at least, I have to still take it out over ten years. She has to, or he has to, but. It's completely tax-free. Thank you, Mom and Dad. We get back. Those dollars go a lot further. They go a lot further. We get back. We're going to continue on our tips. 10 smart money moves to make before year-end. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Retirement's not what it used to be, and long-term care could enhance your golden years. The question is not whether you can afford it, but whether you can afford not to have it. Our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Jonathan Penn and Chris Liebham for the basics of long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care. December 9th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. And welcome back. So TK on YouTube goes, hey, risk is big when you retire because it's hard to recoup losses when you aren't working. It's a totally different mindset. You go from Tim Allen... To Wilson, you cross the fence into a different life when you retire from a portfolio perspective because you are now in withdrawal mode. You're not in accumulation mode and almost all advice out there by financial media is based for accumulators. Mark, it always comes back. Yeah, well, it does. Uh, I might not live long enough, though. Because if the markets are down 10%, 20%, and that's what I'm down, say, at the beginning of retirement, and I'm withdrawing 4%, 5%, I'm way behind the eight ball. So 
the, the way one, the market performs in the first 10 years and my withdrawal rate in the first 10 years will dictate success for the next 10 and the next 10. That's right. So, so big losses in retirement, not a good thing when it comes to if you're depending upon variable assets for fixed rates of return. That's another one of the oil and water kind of rules that we have in finance. That's right. That so, no sense. you know, that's why, too, when we're helping folks looking at retirement plans, you know, how, how would it look? How would your plan be affected within if, if within the first two years of your retirement if you have negative market returns? And Rich, like you said, yeah. and you're also withdrawing from the portfolio at the same time. It's a different feeling because when you were in accumulation mode and you had your regular stream of income coming in from your employer, well, now that you're retired, maybe you're working part-time. Maybe you don't have a as a high of stream of income as you had before. So that does help. But when you get into retirement mode, now you're in distribution mode and you're retiring into a headwind. So you have negative market returns and you may need to pull from your portfolio. That's just a whole different emotional game right there. Yeah, withdrawal rate. <laughs> Making fun of my accent. <laughs> um, keep this in mind. To your point, I have a million bucks. Now with the market turned down and my my distribution, say I'm down to 660. Am I going to feel comfortable taking money from that account in the following year? Or am I going to go out and work for McDonald's? Right? Mm -hmm. Think about it. Sure. I, I, I'm leaving myself vulnerable. I'm not a human capital earnings machine where I'm going out there making money and putting money into my accounts. So it does require a different um, mindset, sure. like you said. And you can feel more, more vulnerable because, hey, these accounts are coming, back, coming down and I can't replenish this. And it causes people to make big changes. That's why when we do right lane classes, right? That's why we do this prep because how many people during a market derail have to get back on the freeway of work, even though they don't want to? It is what it is. So nearly 30% of millennials and Gen Zs want to retire before they turn 50. Now, you brought up a very astute point is they look at life differently. They do. They are okay with living smaller. They don't want a lot of stuff. I especially notice this with Gen Z. Like my daughter, they they don't want a lot of stuff. Like when they said, what do you want to get for what do you want for Christmas? Please no clothes. Please no stuff. Right? It's it's ingrained in them. Yeah, our, to, to live that. How do you uh, do you see that? I see that too with our own daughters and uh, it's just a different mindset. It's just kind of um, just different behaviors and both of them actually turn me on to these these series on YouTube where you know there are you know young generations and older too, but it's mostly the younger generations that you mentioned Rich where you know they don't want the big house. They don't want to deal with paying a mortgage. They don't want to deal with paying the property taxes or the homeowners insurance and everything else that comes along with being a homeowner. You know they go out and they buy an ambulance and they convert it into a you know a mobile home that they live in on a regular basis with a shower and a kitchen Dude, and everything have you else. Seen some of those conversions on Instagram of like you said ambulance. I saw a guy turn a hearse into a place I want to live. It was, I mean, not right, you know, not in, not for the final drive. I mean, yeah. <laughs> on the along the way. Um, I mean, I am amazed. And, and even homes, say, for example, like D.R. Horton, 
right? The CEO D.R. Horton was on TV yesterday. Uh, some of the new D.R. Horton homes are much smaller. Smaller. But there is a use for every bit of space. They look bigger because they're understanding this new generation may want to own a home. But unlike baby boomers, like the Lance Roberts estate, right? 7,000 square feet. You need a map when you walk in. They don't want this. It echoes when you walk in. Hello. It does. It goes, you go, hello. And the echo back, you know what the echo back is? What? Get out. (laughs) So you have to keep in mind that it is our definition of retirement, our vision is very different than the younger generations. Now they love money. They love the security. They love the ability to not have to depend on kind of anything mainstream, which is why you sit, you see Bitcoin and other bits and bytes doing well. If you look at Reddit boards, you really get a good feel for the cult of this. The emotion behind, you knock us down, we'll come back stronger. What was that? Like like uh, Mel Gibson, freedom! Well, you and, know, it's like that kind of thing. You know, and something that I'm noticing too, even with the younger generation, at least the, the folks that I'm talking mm-hmm. with, they are hungry to learn. They're Oh, well, that's learn. nice to hear. Right? That's a new one. They want to know, what is the difference between a regular IRA or a Roth IRA? Or what is this that I'm hearing about? Do I have the ability to contribute to a Roth 401k plan? And I hadn't seen that in a while. Well, to your point, and it's a good one, is after the financial crisis, we lost a generation of investors. They didn't want to be in the stock market. It's so different. It's so different now. You'd... What we worry about is they don't understand what bear markets are, or I get told, listen, Gramps, <laughs> there's no such thing as a bear market because the Fed always, I mean, I had literally a you know, 24-year-old tell me that. What am I supposed to say? Yeah. Because he's right. Yeah. Every time the market you know, has a blip, the Fed doesn't do anything. Now think about what they should be doing now. You know, great article by, uh, by Mike about stonks, which is the sort of a crazy term for stocks, but uh, talking about why the Fed has all the evidence to move and yet won't do it. Because now you have more younger investors in the market as well, and you will sour them as uh, to investing um, or whatever they're doing, speculating. So, and you know what I also learned on What's Reddit? That? These younger people despise Robinhood. It makes me wonder how that that stock's going to do in that company. Because I was shocked to read about, oh, well, he's just another billionaire sellout with nice hair. Uh, He's, uh, you know, I think it was because that one time they stopped trading on some of the meme stocks. But their reputation with... I mean, I went through all these boards and there's almost all this commentary about avoiding Robin Hood. That's not a good thing. No, it's not. Because that's how these younger people get their information, right? So, well, we were talking about the study. So this nearly 30% of millennials and Gen Zs want to retire before they turn 50. Some might be able to do it depending upon the, uh, you know, the hearse they're going to live in. Forty-three percent of Americans fear their retirement dreams could be derailed due to Social Security running out. They must be listening to Lance. Um, and twenty-two percent worry about losing their savings in a stock market crash. And we just talked about this. That is a valid concern. Your allocation needs to fit the distribution mode, which means that hey, gosh, everybody's making all this darn money. 
and taking all this risk and I'm sitting here making three, four, 5%. Okay, but your downside risk, because you're in distribution mode, you cannot afford to take the chance. Now, we have a rule at RIA. One of the rules that I created was, listen, what happens, John? We used to work at uh, the same place together, mm -hmm. right? And you set an allocation for somebody. Say, you're, say you tell a retiree, hey, you should be 20% stocks, 80% and more conservative stuff. You what, what happens is you never change it. No, it's static. Right? It, it doesn't move. But what happens, say, 10 years down the road, which is what I've done with people I've worked with in distribution mode for 20 years now. Valuations get better. Like after the financial crisis, someone who's been in retirement, in the groove of it, knows their budget. Why can't I take a 2080 and move them to a 4060 or a 5050? Because I have a better market environment. So even though you retired, that doesn't mean that your portfolio goes into some cement block and you never change the allocation. At 23 times earnings or less, you can make the move after the first five years and you're in that groove. Because what happens, right, John, after two years, three years, you sort of know your budget. You sort of got over what we call the black hole of retirement. The money's coming in. You know, you're just breathing easier. If I came to you and said, John, you've been retired five years. You, you know, here's your spending rate. Here's how the portfolio's performed. Valuations are better now. Let's... Let's make your portfolio breathe yeah, a little bit. Let's nibble a little bit more. Right. Sure. Take advantage of the better valuations. I mean, you're not dead. You're retired. Yeah. So and why does your portfolio have to die? And that's also called prudent portfolio management. Ongoing. It's right? ongoing. Correct. Yeah. So, and I don't think Social Security is going to be going away. It needs help. Doesn't take much to help it, but it does need help. Danny talked about some of the. Uh, improvements, changes, awareness around Social Security. Uh, we get back, we're going to continue on this study and it's the last... Is it the fourth quarter? It's the fourth quarter. We're almost done. We'll be right back. Financial Fitness Friday. Stop trolling me, Lance. news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com retirement's not what it used to be and long-term care could enhance your golden years the question is not whether you can afford it but whether you can afford not to have it our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement join jonathan penn and chris liebham for the basics of long-term care register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care december 9th at noon realinvestmentadvice.com the real investment show so if you can to coffee in the morning i'm usually i usually have coffee danny has some green pancakes michelle makes and lance will probably have some big big old bison burger or a tomahawk steak just eating it by the 
you know, by the by, by the, the bone. bone. Yeah. Ah. Ca- caveman style. Yeah. Lots of good data. And some discussion about what our big concerns are for next year. So keep that in mind. Actually, really good articles uh, on the website. Is Cash a good risk hedge? Lance's article. And again, I really love this one by uh, Mike. What a rate hike in 2022 might mean for stonks. So take a look at those uh, couple of articles. Uh, David Robertson's got one on there too. Sign up for daily commentary. Um, it makes Lance happy. And we all like when he's ha- happy because he can be very crappy. Um, target destinations for retirement. Texas. I sort of get that. Florida. Get that. Get that. California. I don't get it. Yeah, I didn't get it either. That was part of the, I mean, just the cost of living alone. Now, the beauty, the scenery, the water, I get all that. But the cost of living for people in retirement um, would, not, would not work. Well, those are dream destinations, right? Yes. So there's a difference between a dream and reality. What do you think the, where do you think the dream destination is in Texas? Ooh, South yeah. Padre. The Alamo? I like the Alamo. <laughs> the hill country. Yeah, the hill country, right? Chapel Hill, Brenham. Yeah, I'm thinking out, out there in the hill country mm-hmm. area where all the blue bonnets are. Washington the, County yeah. may be the most yeah. beautiful county in the it, state. It yeah. is. That is a beautiful county. Every year when my, my daughter was little, I'd drag her to the Alamo. Not again! <laughs> yes, we're going through the Alamo. <laughs> and uh, Now, talking about infa- inflation with Grandma Rosso. Grandma Rosso bribed the local manager of Seatown, which was a really dumpy supermarket, by the way, in Brooklyn, um, to give me a job. Now, I was below age. I was younger than I should have been at the time for that kind of a job, but she says I needed to get to work. Um, so I was like 11, 12 years old, and she bribed him, the manager, with a new brand, new spanking CB radio. Oh, because my dad owned a CB radio store and she just swiped one of the radios. <laughs> one day she walked in, she took the box and she left. <laughs> Anybody want to keep account for grandma? She just took a radio. So nobody messed with grandma Rosso. No, she saying. took a yeah. box uh, and I didn't know what she was going to do. I'm like, was my grandmother going to be on the CB now? This is going to be the <laughs> weirdest thing. What is she going to share recipes? <laughs> What's grandma Rosso going to do with a CB radio to get me a job? Yeah. Even though I already had a job delivering papers, like, why do I want to go unpack boxes at Seatown? You're going to do it. You got the job. Okay. So Grandma Rosso knew how to deal with um, inflation. She used high-priced products to get her way. And Um, inventory shrinkage. (laughs) Well, the CB radios were sort of big at that point. You know what I'm saying? Now, now, you probably, I meant you would remember this. John wouldn't because he's, you know, He's a baby. Well, thank you. I, I take that as a compliment. The size of coffee cans at the supermarket, at the bottom shelf, the big metal ones. Yeah. Like you were able, I don't know how many ounces those things were, no, but you could, you like could a really, five pound can, you could it? bathe your dog in those things. Yeah. Hey, now I remember those. Do you remember those? I remember those. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> My grandparents kept every single one of oh, them. Oh, that's right. And they would store everything. Well, store- was, you would open up their cabinets and it would just be coffee cans. It's like, what's in this? Washers. There's like a thousand, I don't know how many thousands of washers were in there. It's like, what every, are you going to do with them? I'm going to build something with it. Okay. Every grandma and grandpa 
had those had those coffee cans full of stuff. That and Cool Whip containers. Yeah. All the Cool Whip containers. <laughs> Still remember that as a kid. That too. Yeah. That's the precursor to Ziploc. Yeah. Canisters. But you know what? There was something about that thriftiness, that depression mindset. To Absolutely. never let anything go to waste that we have totally lost. I don't think it should have been that extreme because to your point, you know, grandma would keep sauce in those things. And after a while, the sauce would stain those, those, those Cool Whip. And everything it. tasted like sauce. <laughs> I made pudding. It tastes like sauce, grandma, because it's in. The, everything tasted like sauce. So, you know, that was the extreme. But to have a little bit of that kind of mindset about conservation and debt and rules, we've lost that. Now, I think Gen Z, I may be wrong here, you would be able to guide me a little bit on this, John, because of the kids, but I see it in my daughter. They're very thrifty. They're a little bit more conservative, this Gen Z, than millennials and Gen X. Because I don't know if they got everything they wanted, or they're, what do you see? Do you see it? I see it. They, uh, they tend to want to save. They, you know, I, I'll just put it out to you this way. Both of our kids are pack rats. They just seem to want to keep everything. Mm-hmm. And um, what's amazing is, too, they like to look for deals. They like to go to the local thrift, shore, thrift shops. I, and that's what Haley does. They'll, and, come, they'll come home with a couple of shirts, and they'll tell me, Dad, guess how much I spent on these? I said, well, how much was that? $3. I said, Really? And they maybe they picked out five or six different shirts, you know, sweatpants, coffee mugs, whatever they be. They said, we got all of this for less than $25. So, you know, it's at least it's a good habit. At least they're aware mentally. I am amazed by Gen Z's penchant for thrift store mm-hmm. shopping as opposed to just going to a store or ordering online. Um and they love saving money in those places. I would have never thought when I was that age Not to shop either. at a thrift store. No, would me you? Either. No. Mm-mm. So I am noticing with this Gen Z, even when I teach them, they are better with money. And they want to, be, and you said earlier, they want to sort of be engaged. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why you're seeing, you know, again, obviously, fear and greed has no age. So you see this on Reddit boards, people looking at the next cryptos and all that. But you do have a very group of Gen Zs that really want to learn. They keep budgets. They, they, they're not big spenders. Mm-hmm. I always wonder what corporations are going to do with Gen Z. Like, look at it now. We have, like, what, 10 million job openings? Like, this labor shortage is, is unprecedented, right? And we can't get anybody to fill those jobs. You know, and if and I think and also look at the quit rate. I mean, it's the highest I think it's ever been right in the history of the series. People are reinventing themselves and what they want to do. But I really think, you know, the younger Gen X's and Gen Z's um, and maybe some part millennials are looking at life different. I don't know how big like where we worked. How would you deal with a Gen Z that doesn't want to sit at their desk for 12 hours a day? How does that, how do you change that business model where they don't want to, and they don't want to have a rope around their neck to go out wherever they go to meet with somebody and you got to know every minute where they are. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it seems like they want to have a little bit more flexibility, Mm -hmm. right. And not be confined. The lifestyle is having a balance. And I envy that about this, this younger generation, because that's not something I've ever learned. I always learn like you work and then you die, right? 
I got that from Lance. Um, so, but the point is, you work, then you die, and your, your beautiful wife collects all the life insurance and gets someone who enjoys life. It's the circle of life. Um, so, but I don't see this with Gen Z. They, they, they want to work. They're not lazy. But they don't want to sit in an office all day. Yeah, they want to be outdoors more, it seems. Like, and just more engaged with outdoor activities and everything else. Too. And technology's helped. Oh, or you can work from anywhere. You can work from your, from your van, from your hertz. I can work right from you my hertz. You can do everything from your hertz. Sure. I've got my new coffin desk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got plenty of storage when I open it up. And grandma could be in there. I can see every time I open it, I can see grandma. Store my stuff, close it, and I've got uh, the coffin desk. By the way, they are making a remake. Rob Zombie is making a remake of the Monsters. Yeah. So we may just see a coffin desk. If somebody's going to remake the Monsters, Rob Zombie would be the one to do it. It's going to be a very bloody remake from what... I don't know how you're going to turn that show like with such a family show. You're going to turn it in. I was about to say, it may not be very family friendly. You know, like if you have young kids and go, hey, when I was a kid, I used to watch the Monsters... Honey, come on. Ah! <laughs> you know? Is it going to be a Herman black and white? slicing off heads of the neighbors. Yeah. Right? It's like Quentin Tarantino making it. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's just not, not going to work. So we, we talked last week, Danny and I, about some year-end tax moves. I mean, year-end moves in general, money moves. So we got through a lot of the tips, but tip eight was fine-tune or create a tax strategy for next year. Right. And I'm not talking about, listen, we're in the throes of this tax turbulence right now. So it's difficult to plan for this, whatever this unknown has happened to be. But ultimately, and I have some people will disagree with me, taxes are going up. And there's still several steps that you could take to prepare. For example, have you had a life change? Have you gotten divorced? So I catch many single parents, John, filing single when they should be claiming head of household, which is, is a favorable favorable uh, filing status compared to to single they don't they don't switch it up mm-hmm. and are and the withholding question always comes up right are you withholding enough taxes are you withholding too much well i really like i really love to get a refund why do you want a refund it's a return of your own money so sit down fine-tune your tax withholding for next year the irs website has a decent tax withholding estimator Spend some time, go into your employer's payroll website, and modify your W-2. Stop with all the refunds. At least the big ones, right? Yeah, take a look at it. Use your yeah. own darn money. Not Pops Biden. He doesn't need it. All right, sign up at Real Investment Advice. Sign up for Lance's stuff. Great articles this week, I have to say. Hats off to all the writers. Some really great stuff. We'll see you next week. Back with Danny. Thank you, Mr. John Penn. Pleasure to be here, everybody. Standing Thank in you. Mr. Uh, Mr. Ratliff, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye. See you. We love you. Bye.
Retirement's not what it used to be, and long-term care could enhance your golden years. The question is not whether you can afford it, but whether you can afford not to have it. Our next Virtual Lunch and Learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Jonathan Penn and Chris Liebham for the basics of long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our Virtual Lunch and Learn on long-term care. December 9th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com.